We're going to be talking about empowered choices tonight. You see, we're always making choices, aren't we? And those choices, some of the choices that you made to come here, may have started out on the right track, but self was powering those choices. And you ran into difficulties, and you may have found yourself frustrated in your trip. You may have found yourself becoming irritated, speaking in a tone of voice that was not the Spirit of Christ. But some of you, as you faced your difficulties and trials, made choices that were empowered by the Lord Jesus Christ. And those choices, when powered by Christ, made you at peace and at rest, even in the midst of your trial. God wants to bring each one of us to the place that we will find rest unto our souls that going through difficulties, we can still allow and still choose to have the power of Jesus Christ bringing us to the resting place in our Christian experience. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like you to open them to 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter, and the 6th verse. We're going to talk about how these empowered choices happen. It says here, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of what? To shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts. What a blessing. Hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of who? May be of God and not of us. Where does the power come from? It comes from our God, and we become the recipients of that power. And notice how this happens practically. Verse 11, it says, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Now, that doesn't sound very nice, does it? We are always delivered unto death, for whose sake? For Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. That is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The power to shine into us, then when that power shines into us. That's Jesus Christ. When he is shining in us, notice this, when the light of Christ shines in us and we allow that light to shine, Jesus said, let your light shine. Okay? When that happens, what is being revealed? The glory of God, if it's Christ in us, it's the glory of God that's being revealed that's shining through us. It says it's the power of God that's shining through us. It's not our power. And do you think your children know, parents, when you're in a trial, do you think your son or daughter knows when the power of God is working in you? Do you think they see the difference compared with self working in us? Oh, they know how self works. But when they see the power of God working, they know it's God, it's not us. It's the power of God working in us. And how does it happen? Practically, in real life, we have to make choices. We have to make choices by faith, choices to surrender ourselves and let self die. That's what verse 11 says. It says there, In verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 4, it says, For we which live are always, how much? Always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest where? In our mortal flesh. So, when we by faith choose to let self be dead, when we choose to let self be crucified, 
When that choice is made by faith, we then have an empowered choice. And that power reveals, manifests Jesus Christ in our mortal flesh. And that, brothers and sisters, young people, children, that is what Jesus wants. He wants to live in us. He wants to live in us and reveal himself in us so that the world will desire a Savior. You know, many people in the world don't sit in churches or they don't sit in meetings like this. How are the people in the world going to want Jesus? How are they going to be attracted to Jesus? Is he walking the earth right now? Well, he's not, is he? His Holy Spirit wants to walk and work in human beings today so that when people find us in trials, the difference they see in a Christian is the difference Jesus makes in our mortal flesh. That is an empowered choice, and that is the result that we will see if that choice is truly empowered by God. This is why willpower, choice power, is so important to us. Because that's what willpower is. Willpower is simply the power that God gives to every man, woman, and child to make a choice. That's what willpower is. It's choice power. It's not power to overcome sin. It's the power to make a choice. Is that simple? That's what willpower is. It is the power to make a choice. And choice determines our master in the moment. Choice doesn't just determine our master at the time of our conversion or at the time we meet Christ. Choice continues, choice by choice, continues to determine who our master is in this present situation. Joshua 24, 15 says, Choose you this day whom ye will what? Serve. That's what willpower is for, is to choose in the moment, in the trial, in the difficulty, who it is. What master will I serve now? If we have been serving Jesus, if we rise in the morning and we make a living connection to the power of Jesus Christ, and we are serving him through the day, we will not just have one choice, will we? How many choices do you have? <laughs> yeah, some days it seems like we're constantly making choices. At any point along the day, we can choose a new master. Self can be in charge. Self can take over, and Christ can be pushed out of the mastery of our heart. You see, this is the first choice that we make in every situation. I want to emphasize this tonight. When we choose whom we will serve, that is the first choice that we make in every situation. And I want to tell you why for many, many years I failed continually in the Christian life. And having said that, I want to be very sensitive. I still fail in the Christian life. I'm about to share with you a recent failure in my Christian experience. But I don't fail the way I used to. I don't fail as often as I used to. I don't fail for the same reasons that I used to. It's because in the past, I did not understand my first choice in choosing my master. When temptation would come to me, I recognized the circumstances. I felt the feelings. I felt the pressure. I looked at what was happening. And my choice was not the first choice to choose my master. My choice was being moved, motivated by my circumstances. My eyes were being taken off of Christ. And what it means when it says that we need to behold the Lamb of God, for me practically that has come to mean that I need to stay in communion with God as I go through the day. It doesn't mean that I somehow have my eyes fixed in some certain place in the sky, or I see Jesus in front of me, but that I continue to commune with God. But I found in my old way of reckoning that I used to consult the circumstances, feel the feelings, think the thoughts, be drawn in that direction. And so my choice 
of what master I wanted to serve was taken out of the picture. So my first choice was not the right choice. My first choice and your first choice is always to choose with our willpower, that's choice power, our first choice is to choose our master. And if we do not recognize that choice, friends, we are destined to be governed over and over again by self and selfishness. When we heed the call, when we choose Christ, then and only then will the excellency of the power of God, which we just read there in our verse, then will the excellency of the power of God be revealed. Self will die or be subdued and Christ will then be manifest in our flesh. Christ will be manifest to our children. Christ will be seen to be a living Savior in the present moment of our Christian experience. When, on the other hand, we consult self, when we consult our circumstances, when we let the feelings, the pressures, the emotions of the moment take control of us, it is then that we are taken, our focus is taken from Jesus Christ. It is then that self strengthens. And instead of Christ governing our lives and Christ being manifest in us, in our mortal flesh, self begins to manifest itself. You know how self feels? And how it manifests itself? Yes, you do. Even the youngsters understand how self feels when self begins to rise in us. When we consult our circumstances and we lose our opportunity to make our first choice in serving Christ, we automatically begin to serve self and the focus takes us from Christ. Not long ago, and I have to confess to you that I weighed back and forth in my mind whether I should share this illustration with you. But I want to tell you tonight that I believe that we need to be able to share our honest failures as well as our victories. I would not share a failure with you tonight if I did not know the way of salvation and will share with you the power of God to change these defeats into victory. Because it does us no good to talk about failure, does it? But I'm going to share with you tonight an experience that happened not long ago. We were in an airport. <laughs> we're in airports a lot. And we were in an airport, and we were going through our security check, which is very rigorous in some airports. Sometimes um, it seems very unnecessary, but every airport is different. It's amazing it's all done now by the federal government, you know, TSA. <laughs> but they all do it differently. Well, we were in an airport recently, and so we, we came to the first security check. And that's where they ask you to show your identification and to show your ticket, your boarding pass. And we came to that, and there was two people. There was a man on the left, a very pleasant gentleman, just tell as we were watching the countenance of this man as people were going through his line. And over on this side was a lady who was obviously having a very bad day. Very bad day. Well, we ended up in her line. And we were going through, most of the family had gone through. And Josiah, my son, was there next in line. And this lady said to him, let me see your ID. She was not happy at all, okay? And he said, I'm 17. And she said, you have to show me your ID. Well, we travel all the time. Federal law is that you don't show your ID until you're 18. So we, you know, I said, well, <clears throat> he's, he's not 18, so he doesn't need to show ID. She said, yes, he does. Well, I want to tell you, this is where my failure began to happen. 
I'm very sad because of this, but this is where my failure began to happen. I began to take on the focus changed from the call of my Savior to this woman's attitude, okay? I knew she was wrong. She was completely wrong, okay? But my attitude began to change toward this lady. My focus started, you know, by beholding we become what? And I'm beholding her attitude, and instead of keeping my eyes on Christ, now remember, that doesn't mean I'm looking up in the sky, but I am in communion with my Savior. Let me ask you, was the Spirit of God calling to my heart? Yes, he was. No question. There is no excuse. There is no excuse for sin. So there I was. My attitude began to become like her attitude. And I challenged her right there. Now, I want to say to you, that if you would have been there, you might not have known that self had risen in me, okay? My wife knew. I don't even know if my son knew, but did you know, Josiah? <laughs> okay, <laughs> he was struggling a little bit himself. But So I wasn't yelling at this lady. I wasn't, you know, shaking my finger at her or anything like that, but I was not resting in Jesus Christ. There is no artificial Christianity, brothers and sisters. We are either Christians or we are not Christians. Okay? We are either in Christ or we are choosing to be in self. It is a choice that we make. And I chose to reason away the call of my Savior in that situation. I chose at that time, now it didn't seem as clear to me then, but there's no excuse as it does tonight. But I chose there to move away from the service of my Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, and go into the service of self. You know what happened as a result? Instead of that lady who was having a bad day, having the opportunity of one customer coming through and dealing with her in the Spirit of Jesus Christ and affecting her life that day, her attitude changed me. And I began to serve a different master, self. You know who self works under? And I'm very sad because in that situation, I believe that that woman was crying for a Savior to save her. And I lost an opportunity to reveal in my mortal flesh Jesus Christ. Because I chose to let go of the power of Jesus and let myself, for a moment, for two moments, do self's way. Do you get the picture, friends? Yes, you do, don't you? Because you understand that whenever the, the lies of self and Satan tell us that it's going to be better if we do it this way, what happens? Does it ever feel good? Does this way ever work out better? No. No, it doesn't. It doesn't turn out very good. I was calm. When I corrected her, I was very diplomatic. But self was not subdued. I did not choose by faith to remain in the service of my God. I failed. I failed to serve the needs of that woman that day in the airport. And you know, 
the Lord really called to my heart as I sat there in the, the waiting area of that situation and we flew on that airplane. And there in that situation, I was still justifying myself. Because I didn't say anything bad to her. I didn't say anything mean to her. I didn't say anything in a, you know, a loud tone of voice. Like I, I said, you, you might have been there and not even known. It took me time. It took the Lord time to get through to my soul to recognize that in the depth of my heart I had failed the opportunity to serve Christ for that woman. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. We're making these choices day after day, many times during the day. And I'd like you to reflect with me for a moment because this is what real Christianity boils down to. Real Christianity really boils down to whether Jesus Christ is the present Savior and Lord of my life in this moment. You know why it's so clear to me right now and I can tell you this story? I mean, if you just saw my notes, they're very sketchy. But it's clear to me tonight because I am yielded as fully as I know how to be yielded to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, my failure to this woman is clearer to me tonight than it was the day that it happened. Real Christianity is whether we are really connected to Jesus Christ in the present moment. Not our knowledge, not all our memorization of Bible texts, not all of what we can say for somebody. Am I connected to Jesus Christ now? Tonight? If I am, then I am receiving power to become a son of God. If I'm not, then it's just self. Reflect with me for a moment. Are you living with empowered choices? Choices that are empowered by Jesus Christ. Are you making choice by choice the decision by faith to surrender yourself to let him continue to be or become in this moment the Lord and Savior of your life? Or self? Is self really powering your Christianity? Are you just going through the motions? Doing the right things, giving the right answers, but self is powering your experience. You see, willpower is for our first choice. That most important choice of whom will I serve in this situation. Not who did I choose to serve this morning when I was on my knees and everything made sense in Christianity, but whom will I serve right now when I'm standing in front of this irritated, agitated, irritable agent. Whom will I serve now? Will Christ remain my Lord? My Savior? Will I allow Him to empower me to rise above the situation? Or will I let self have control? Whom shall we serve, brothers and sisters? Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. Is that good news, friends? Jesus Christ is telling us tonight that he has power that exceeds and is abundantly more than what we can ask or think, and it's a power that will work in us tonight. That's the gospel that will work in us tonight. It's a power that will transform our lives tonight. It will take us through whatever trial we're facing. It will take us through whatever anxiety we have. It will take us through anything if we choose 
by faith to surrender myself and be empowered by Jesus Christ. He's alive today. He's a living Savior, and His power is a life-changing power. Well, I had another recent experience. A happy experience in a trial. Now, how, how do you get happy experiences in trials? <laughs> you let the exceeding excellency of Jesus Christ be the power to be manifest in mortal flesh and you can have joy in a trial. Do you believe it? Real joy. Living joy in a trial. Well, we had some guests that were coming. They were going to be staying in our guest cabin. And they were coming in one day we were getting everything. The, the ladies had gotten the guest cabin all neat and tidy. and So then it was time to turn the water on. That's one of my jobs down at the guest cabin, to turn the water on. So went down, turned the water on, went in to check on, you know, just check, make sure everything was good. You know, we've come through a winter and everything. And, by the time I got down there to check on the water, the bathroom was flooded. The bedroom was flooding. Everything was not all right. <laughs> so I ran back to the valve, the main valve, to turn off the water to the guest cabin. And as I was in this process, the Lord brought a vivid picture, just flashed it before my mind. And some of you may remember a story that I shared in another message before. It was about another flood that happened along the side of my home, and the water was piling up in front. And yes, I see a few shaking their heads. Well, I didn't do so good in the beginning of that trial. Well, the Lord just flashed that thought to my mind. And instantly, I thought, I'm being brought across this same ground again. I I preach this to people. I preach it to my own family. I say, family, let's get this right in Jesus this time because we're going to be brought across this same ground again and next time it's going to be tougher because God loves us enough to reveal the self that's still left there. So that thought flashed through my mind and I wish you could have been there. <laughs> Oh, it just makes me smile because there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just said, thank you, Lord. You have got a blessing in store through this situation. And I was hanging on to my Savior this time. And you know, it made that trial completely different. Now, the water's still there, right? <laughs> that part's the same. But you know, when we give ourselves by faith, when we choose, by faith, to surrender those feelings. What kind of feelings do you get when a pipe breaks and floods your bathroom and bedroom? Do you get a good feeling? No. So we have to be willing, by faith, to choose against the feeling, the circumstance, all that, by faith, in a moment, and then we have an empowered choice empowered by God. And then, then we see the excellency that the power is of God and not of us. And we see, when self is subdued, we see that the Spirit of Christ can be manifest in our mortal flesh. Isn't that exciting? To me, that is the excitement of real Christianity. We can actually live above the trials if we're living them with Jesus Christ. That's what makes the difference. He's what makes the difference. And He is the only one that can make that difference when we choose Him. Well, my first choice. My first choice when I saw all the water 
was what? Who will I serve now? See? <laughs> Who will my master be now? That's my first choice. That is where we make the decision right then. We don't start thinking about the circumstances. We don't start saying, oh, they're coming tomorrow. We don't start thinking of all the what-ifs. We say, Lord, I want to continue to serve you now. Or, if we're out of Christ, that's a call to our hearts. Lord, I want to be connected to your saving power right now. Well, sometimes we can think that when we, when we surrender the right way to Jesus, that that's going to make the trial go away easier, right? <laughs> I don't know if you ever think that, but I tell you one thing for sure. It makes the trial easier to go through. But in this case, it didn't make the trial go away quicker. Because God had more lessons to teach us. This was a project that Josiah and I got involved in. Because when we fixed that pipe, it was a huge, big piece of the pipe that cracked out from the cold of the winter. We fixed that pipe and put it all back together, and we were pretty sure it was all ready to go. Went back out, turned the water on, Blew another pipe. <laughs> that happened three times. But the Lord kept us through this whole process. But I'm saying this because don't think that just because, and this is very important, that we do give ourselves. Don't think because we've given ourselves and now we're experiencing an empowered choice that that means the trial will just get easier and go away. It doesn't happen that way in every situation because God sometimes needs to do what it says in James 1, verses 3 and 4. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Okay? If every time we made a decision of faith, everything went great, that might be something, might feed the wrong side of us, you know? That might not develop our character enough and so... The trying of our faith worketh patience. And then it goes on and says, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting how much? Nothing. Okay? So God in his omniscience, all-knowing God that he is, saw that just giving me a complete... Um, green light after yielding myself was not enough for the trying of my faith. Do you think we're going to have to go through some hard faith testing experiences before we get out of this world? <laughs> some really hard ones, maybe. Really hard ones. And I'm going to share one with you in a few moments that happened with someone else. Yes, we're going to have to go through some hard, hard experiences. God is gracious and long-suffering and merciful enough that he tries our patience so that eventually there will be nothing lacking. So when the pipe breaks, or when something worse than the pipe breaks, when something breaks that's worse than we have coped with prior to that, our faith is being tried and strengthened to be made perfect in Jesus Christ. You see, he doesn't want anything to be lacking in us, does he? Because he wants to take us home. And he wants to take us home as people who have learned how to be empowered by his grace continuously in every situation. Can you picture yourself in heaven? Just picture with me for a moment. Can you picture yourself in heaven getting irritated with your child. Can you picture that? Maybe just off behind a bush or something where the Lord can't see? No. You can't picture that, can you? If you can, you need to change that picture. Because what is going to be dealt with in our characters, brothers and sisters, 
is going to be dealt with here, now. God is giving us a time of probation. And He's giving us the opportunity through our trials and our difficulties, through our blessings. He's giving us the opportunity to take hold of the power of Jesus Christ and to be transformed by that power and to become like Jesus in character. To become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the lust of the flesh. Escaped it. Don't let the devil convince you that that transformation is going to take place somewhere later in heaven. Character is being transformed here in this life through these trials and it's through the grace and the excellent power of Jesus Christ. Some of you know some very dear friends of ours, the Lodenkamp family. You know that Mark Lodenkamp, the father and husband of that family, died of cancer this past July. 45 years old, left four children. We kind of grew up together. Our families grew up together. Mark lived with us in our home when, when he was just out of the military before he met his lovely wife, Maria. But I wanted to use Mark's experience here, and I actually talked with his wife, Maria, uh, before I shared this experience. But as Mark went through his cancer, when Mark got the news, we had the privilege of spending much time with Mark and his family as he went through this process. And I saw Mark learn how to make his choices empowered choices in Jesus Christ. I watched the struggles many times, the questions, the temptations that the devil brought to him, watched him make the choice by faith in the midst of excruciating pain, in the midst of the devil ridiculing, toying with his mind, mocking him. I saw him make the choices that gave him rest to his soul. In the midst of the storm. You see, Mark recognized that the resting place was not found in his cancer being healed. Mark recognized that no matter what he did, and I can tell you that he did a superhuman effort to do everything that he could do to cooperate with man and with God to be healed from that cancer. But God recognized, Mark recognized, that God had given him and this is his own words, God has given me the greatest gift that he could ever have given me. Now can you just imagine with me for a moment? Terminal cancer, excruciating pain. He said this to me when he was near death. God has given me the greatest gift that he could have ever given me. You know why? Right here. God was doing his perfect work in Mark that he might be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Before Mark closed his eyes in death, he had the peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. And he didn't just have that peace just before he closed his eyes. Mark experienced that peace through the illness that he went through, resting in God. And Mark could say to us over and over again, the only thing I desire is to honor God through this illness. That was his whole desire. He said, I know that God could heal me in a moment. 
in an instant. But he said, I trust my God is giving me and my family exactly what we need in his wisdom. Oh, brothers and sisters, that we could view our trials in that light. That God is giving us just what we need. That we would find a resting place and let Jesus work His perfect work in us so that we would be perfect in Christ, entire, wanting nothing. You see, Mark found his rest in his soul in Jesus Christ. And he was able to share that rest with his wife and with his children before he died. He left them a legacy that I believe few men have ever left for their family. A legacy that can only be left in the empowered choice of Jesus Christ. He left them something that you can't put a price on. And Mark rests peacefully now, waiting for the wake-up call of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to be there to meet him. And many of you don't know Mark, but I think you want to be there to meet a man that's gone through that experience. And I want to be there with his wife because his wife has found rest in Jesus Christ. And she's living to bear testimony to allow that Christ to be manifest in her mortal flesh. She's choosing to go on. She could become bitter. Mark could have become bitter. I never once heard Mark in all the time that I spent with him on the telephone by his bedside. Never once in this whole experience did I ever once hear Mark question, why me? Why did this have to happen to me? I've got four children. Never once did I hear him utter a bitter word about the pain and the lot that had been cast to him. No, he chose instead to give glory in his mortal flesh by letting Jesus Christ live his, his plan and his life. You see, Maria, Mark's dear wife, and their four children received a practical lesson in what it means to continue to have empowered choices empowered by Jesus Christ. Our children need to see that too, brothers and sisters. They don't need to wait until we are in that kind of situation, do they? Should our children have to wait till that point? Can we not let Jesus have us now and let him empower us to live above the poles of the flesh? You see, a faith choice becomes an empowered choice. Dear friends, Mark is sealed now. What about us? Is Christ our Savior tonight? Is Christ our Lord tonight? Are we making faith choices tonight of real surrender? And is Christ empowering our choices? You see, not all of us may have the privilege and the weighty trust to suffer as Mark did. Do you know that it is a privilege to suffer for Christ? Now, I used to think that meant, you know, we're a, we're a martyr or, you know, to suffer for Christ means to suffer, whatever the suffering is, to suffer in the strength of Jesus Christ. Then we suffer for Christ. We may not all suffer the way Mark suffered, we may not have that trust given to us to suffer. But friends, when 
Every trial that comes to us is weighed and measured by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our privilege. That's our opportunity to live it with empowered choices, empowered by Jesus Christ, and let Him be revealed through our mortal flesh, choice by choice. In closing, I'd like to share a very simple illustration. But I think an illustration that fits closer to the daily things that we experience. Because most of us live our lives not in the major trials, facing death and the bitterness of pain and suffering, but most of us face our daily challenges in the Christian life in the little choices day by day that set the tone in our homes. I had just gotten off the treadmill, hot and sweaty as usual, and I was headed for the bathroom where I was going to get a shower. And I was just coming around the corner, and the bathroom door shut. And I thought, well, why is Allison going in the bathroom? <laughs> I mean, she, she knew I just got off the treadmill, because her room's right across from my room. So why is she going in the bathroom when she knows I'm going to take a shower now? Immediately, the Spirit of the Lord called to me because where was my focus going? Self, right? The Lord called to me and immediately I recognized the call of the Spirit and I turned to the Lord and I surrendered myself and I said, Lord, I don't want to allow my thoughts to go that direction. You can change my thoughts and he immediately began to change my thoughts. Now my faith choice was an empowered choice, empowered by God, and immediately he began to change my thoughts. And you know the first thought that came to my mind? I can do some stretching out here while I'm waiting. Now see, otherwise, I would have, if self would have taken control, I would have been out there going, oh, when, is, when is she going to get out of the bathroom? It would have been my how everything's affecting me. That's what the self-focus does. Have you ever noticed that? Everything, it's how it's affecting me. When we are empowered by Christ, we stop thinking about that. And I said, yeah, I could stretch. So I started doing some good stretching. And the more I stretched, the better I felt. And I thought, this is great. I would have never stretched today if I hadn't had this little delay. And I was just praising the Lord and feeling good and stretching and the bathroom door opened, and Josiah came out of the bathroom. <laughs> now, they never knew this happened. I, they don't even know that, because I never said anything, but it was Josiah in the bathroom, and when he came out of the bathroom, I said, praise the Lord. I didn't say it out loud. To myself. I said, praise the Lord, because in an instant, I recognized that I would have been surmising all this time about what Allison's doing. It wasn't even Allison in there, and Josiah didn't know that I just got off the treadmill because his bedroom is in a different place in the house. You see, friends, how often our thoughts take us down a channel that's all wrong? And all of our choices start where? In our thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's all, it's all here, it's starting here, and where we take it where our focus is, and what we do with our first choice, whom shall we serve? Who will be our master? Choose you this day. Choose you this moment. Choose you this trial. Whom ye will serve? Ephesians 1.19 says, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, or to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Is his power mighty? To those who believe, it says here, his exceeding greatness, his power to us who believe, according to his mighty power. Oh, friends, we can experience that mighty power. If this can't, 
Do you believe that? Oh, somewhere between here and eternity, we have got to experience this mighty power and keep experiencing and holding on to Jesus Christ and keep having empowered choices, not these self-choices. Somewhere between here and heaven, Christ is going to have a people. A people who reflect his character. First in the family and then to the world. It's going to happen first in the family. If he's affecting my life, it should affect Elaine's life. And if it's affecting her life, we as parents should be affecting our children's life. A faith choice to surrender to Christ becomes an empowered choice because we choose to let self be subdued and then Jesus is revealed in our mortal flesh. You want that empowered choice? Are you tired of your selfish choices? Aren't we? They don't end up very good, do they? Jesus wants to make the difference here at this camp. Can he make the difference? Is he powerful enough to make the difference? What's lacking? That first choice of whom shall we serve in this moment. Instead of consulting all the circumstances, friends, we need to consult in this moment. I want to serve my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In closing, I'd like my family to come up. We're going to sing a song that talks about a choice. And it talks about an invitation that Jesus brings to us because when we accept the invitation, behold, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and what? Open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Revelation 3.20 This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.